All right, let's let's tease this out. Okay. It's today, and find out somebody is coming over for dinner. So you have let's call it six hours. What are you cleaning in that time space? Like what what are you prioritizing getting done to clean the house, quote unquote? At this point, for me now, just because I live in the smallest possible area, it would be getting rid of all of this video equipment because it looks like I I do porn. Like being in California and having this much camera equipment right near the furniture in the front of my house, it 100% looks like I do porn. It looks like you do very cramped porn. Yeah. Like for, people who, for people who are like, I love Das Boot, but what if it had genitals? <laughs> very specific genres okay spent yeah S spencer what are you what are you attempting uh dishes surfaces clean floor clear that's the big one right like blap 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 you want to make sure that all of the surfaces that are identifiably surfaces like a table should probably clean most of that off if you can right okay. floor floor's got to be clear because there's kids and kids just leave socks there's going to be a sock a random sock somewhere because kids just um Kids just generate socks. They're kind of like medieval rat germ theory, right? Like you'll get a plague if you have rats and clothes in a pile on the floor. You know, if you have kids, they just spit <laughs> socks out of their body. So you got to get those off the floor. And then you got to get dishes so you can eat. So make sure you got enough dishes for everybody, right? Like just and, and garbage. I'm not going to have the garbage stinking around. There. That, that's like the, the four basics, right? Anything past that, though, when they're like, you know, you should probably dust the eaves. You know, are like you, are you touching the bathroom in any way, shape, or form? You gotta make sure it's presentable. Yeah, mm -hmm. you gotta make sure. So you're sure. doing you're doing more than you. Th you're well, putting some effort in. Like, the bathroom's gonna be presentable anyway. Like we're gonna keep that at a bare minimum. But like, you know, if you have your like, uh, I'm trying to think of like, if you have something out that the person doesn't want to see, yeah. you should probably move it, right? Like, like Mike's like Mike's porn setup. Yes, you don't want to have. <laughs> <laughs> the whole destroyer 3000 probably shouldn't be out on the sink you wow. know yeah just put that away <laughs> if you got one of does those. it destroy the hole or does it create the hole that's the question we've always great wondered. question great i don't know but it makes 3000 of them so you better be ready <laughs> can Wait, you destroy a hole because it's the absence of space the whole Destroyer 3000, a philosophical challenge. Can God and... create a hole so um, 3000, even God cannot destroy it? the shutdown full cast you are listening to the internet's only college football podcast i am spencer hall i am joined uh this week by uh, well, let's see who's on this uh here call we got a we got a jason kirk we got a ryan nanny we got michael server on the ones and twos holly is out this week and um as a guest not a replacement but a guest we have mike golick jr I did my best to dress as an off-duty police officer for you guys today. 
I've started becoming <laughs> a vest guy. I just figured it was appropriate given my relationship with this universe. You're the undercover guy. You're, you're the undercover guy that every one of my friends who lives in New York is like, that guy's undercover. And each time there's a guy wearing a vest or wearing some sort of like quarters that they're like, yeah, that's an undercover NYPD guy. I'm getting more yeah. PE teacher that you see outside of school vibes. Like when you run into the PE teacher at Costco or something. 100%. Now he's got like a family that you had no idea was yes. there. Yeah. Yes. 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 When you saw teachers out in the real world, did their homeliness surprise you? Or their uh, unhappiness, the, like what was? Their every homeliness? time I saw, Did you yes, just every say time I saw homeliness? a teacher, they just looked. No, every time like, I saw a teacher, they just looked like, oh god. I like just saw at a school, student. they were very glamorous. <laughs> no, they were <laughs> completely together. Now, every time I saw a teacher and they weren't in school, they were casual. So in my head, I was uh. like, they weren't. They weren't armed for battle. So I was like, they're vulnerable. Take them now. Uh, so like casual, like your ninth grade history teacher who coached the offensive line. He mm-hmm. became more casual outside of school. Definitely. Absolutely, okay. definitely. Those sweats got even, like, sweat pants even, even sweatier, yeah. Yes. No, I can't say that I ever saw a teacher outside of school when I was nine. I was like, ugh, really dressing down today, Barbara, or whatever. <laughs> what a slob. <laughs> I, I did. I'm sorry for having standards. <laughs> My, my I hope you're ever- at Marshall's to buy some new clothes. Jesus. <laughs> I felt like every time I saw a teacher outside of school, it was where they were playing with the band that they were somehow always in. Whoa. Like so, Whoa. so many huh. of my high school teachers were a part of some sort of band and trying to chase this musical ambition that you know, probably should have died a long time ago. And so it was always seeing them in that setting where they were very eager to please, which was weird because the dynamic is, all of a sudden Was it changed. all the same band? Uh, no. There were only, a, there were, I should say there were only a couple. There was one that sticks out in particular. He was like a high school English teacher and the track coach for us. He was always really sweaty in school and yeah. somehow less sweaty with the band. Are these like 30-ish people? Yeah. Or, okay, because I'm thinking of like, here's my 63-year-old math teacher and he fucking slays on bass. You wouldn't fucking believe it. <laughs> what, what, kind of, what kind of bands were these? Were they both the same? Were they in the same um, scene? Yeah, generally the same scheme, see, uh, scene, like alt-rock. Where were you that you saw these, ba- like, wh- <laughs> this is the part I don't so understand. Where so are you intersecting? Rocking most, out to my teachers. <laughs> most of the time when you have these stories, it's, I was in the grocery store, and I yeah, man. we were at Home Depot. I was in but- the pit and looked up, and there was my Kim <laughs> <gym> teacher. <laughs> Coming with a lariat right from my head. No, like, it was all, yeah. It was it was like on the way to the gig. It wasn't like at oh, the gig because okay. at that point I'm like 14, 15. Right. It was either on the way to the gig or I would see them basically in that same sort of mode at a concert venue. Because yeah. in yeah. Connecticut, when you're growing up in the summers, all there is to do is go to Dave Matthews Band for everyone <laughs> age 14 <laughs> to infinity. <laughs> and so that's the melting pot where all of a sudden you're cross-pollinating with everybody else. I was hoping that you were going to say some shit like, yeah, they were all in baby metal, like J metal. <laughs> bands <laughs> no although always- everyone yeah everyone at dave had the same kind of tendencies i saw more 20 person street brawls pre- police having to break things up people doing cocaine at dave yeah. matthews than i have at any other concert really huh 
First place I saw someone do cocaine, Dave Matthews, 14 years old. Why? What is the point of doing cocaine and <laughs> Dave Matthews? I That shit makes you go, hey, hey. I'm so relaxed. This Dave Matthews vibes got me wanting to do eight rails. <laughs> Man, you know what's going to go well with say, this 45-minute didgeridoo solo? <laughs> Blow. I was going to say, if you attend a Dave Matthews show, you are there by a high school English teacher, because yeah. that seems like the entire fan base. But now I find out there are coked out gang, gang warfare happening. What do you fight about at a Dave Matthews band show? Hey, that's my girlfriend's cocaine. Is that it? <laughs> you you stepped Whoa. on my sandal. I am going to step on your sandal. <laughs> hey, brother, those are my Birkenstocks. Bring them back here. Mm-hmm. You don't have mm-hmm. any shoes. To, I'm confused because you don't have any shoes to scuff, right? No. You don't. You no. don't have. Uh, you can't hate on anyone for wearing something much nicer than what you have on because you all have on the same thing. You all drove there in the same car. It's some sort of Subaru Outback to, like, Range Rover, (laughs) right? Land Rover kind of thing. So you're all in the same spectrum. I would assume those people all get along. Like, I don't... What's the source of conflict? Or, or, wait, wait, wait. Or is this, like, an Iron Bolt thing? Where you go... The most passionate disagreements between people happen between groups, which are actually just, like, located one nanomolecule of meaning away from each other. Is that it? But... Even this is, this isn't like, this is like saying, oh, there's a huge fight at Alabama spring game every year. And there's a ton of cocaine being done at Alabama spring game. That part might be true. But, um, okay. I just, all right. Is it, Golik, you mentioned this is all, all that Connecticut has is Dave shows. So are the conflicts between Dave fans and people who are forced to endure Dave uh, no, this is much more to Spencer's point. It is okay. people that are basically mirror images of each other. It's like when Long Island and Staten Island get into a fight, like the minor differences <laughs> between the two all of a sudden show up and cause the friction. So people who are fans of this bootleg concert versus that bootleg concert. Yes. Who is the true 100%. Dave fan? So, yeah. Yeah, so I, I do have, this does make some sense, though, because the, the public event I have been at where I saw the most cocaine being done in and around the day before, day after, uh, both at the event and in sort of, you know, companion events was an Ohio State football game. So this this is checking out. This all makes sense to me. Now, was I accidentally staying at a cocaine dealer's house? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Did not. Not know that until the night of when all of a sudden the wrong 30 people show up and you go oh oh no until, until all of a sudden urban meyer walked in <laughs> hey guys what's going on just starts oh, kicking people this is this goes in my list of hypotheticals that i cannot stop giggling while imagining one your caller id saying adolf hitler that's like number one <laughs> For me being like, whoa! (laughs) Number two, if you're at a party where there's more than two illicit substances being done in the open and Urban Meyer shows up. Like, in terms of buzzkill, those are the two things where you're like, oh, I have made a mistake. But that's a a theoretical that I feel like the vibe of that has changed a lot in the last (laughs) three years. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's going to have fun. (laughs) I opt out, but somebody will have fun. 
that does, you know that does that does make sense though because like i don't know if urban meyer shows up now i'll be like well it's gonna be a weird time <laughs> might not be a bad time but <laughs> right. that got weirder right right yeah he will participate it won't it won't just be him standing there looking around you know like there, there will be um he will yeah, those won't be idle hands right yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have a feeling that it's not going to be the typical thing either. You're going to be like, oh, boy, God, am I going to have to watch Urban Meyer do weird drugs? And you're like, yeah, he's over there doing ketamine. It just got <laughs> wild. He's into the veterinary meds. <laughs> oh. um, Michael Ola Jr., b- before we get started, I want to just, before I forget. Before, before we, we get started. <laughs> it is, it is, before, no, because as I said, I have an agenda. There's, shuffling there's papers. That's a receipt. Spencer just held up a fucking gas station receipt. Better. The call started. It's, no, it's better. The call it's started one of those hotel notepads. <laughs> the call started 29 minutes ago. Yeah. But before. Before we get totally started, I wanted to uh, to say, do you want to, you want to plug 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 away? Jesus. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Thing you do. Can you name some stuff? Sure. I need you to name. Um, names. I uh, I do a podcast. It's called it's called Gojo. Uh, you guys should check it out. It some sometimes has ebbs and flows very similar to this, uh, but that's mostly aspirational. But yeah, check that out. Uh, YouTube. Uh, DraftKings uh, is all over it, and uh, uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. I think we're doing a draft show too, so that'll be fun. Yes, with with Brandon Newman, who Brandon's awesome. Also, um, Mike's yes. opening for Dave Matthews Band uh, this Thursday in Danbury, Connecticut. So yeah, <laughs> get on it. Bring your bag. <laughs> Make some friends. Got a new fire dancer tattoo that I'm going to debut for Matthews. <laughs> Mike's doing devil sticks as his opening act. It's going to be fucking sweet. <laughs> I mean, the best part is that you could have an infinite number if you're like, hey, listen, we need local Dave Matthews band cover bands to open for Dave. If you do that and you hire everyone in the area, there are some parts of the country where it's like there are 37 open acts. <laughs> yeah, we're very far down on the list for the show where the type just gets so small that you've got to pull out the mag. Glass. It's like, oh, Dirty Mike and the Boys? All right. Dirty, Dirty Mike and the Boys are playing Dave Cover Fest. <laughs> I saw an interview with Dave where he said, somebody said, well, what do you do now? And he goes, I just drink a lot of wine. <laughs> like, Is that your thing? I like drinking wine. <laughs> Good job, Dave. Why be famous if you oh. can't list drinking wine as a hobby? <laughs> What are your passions? I don't know. I like drinking fermented grape juice and singing with my friends. Billy Joel's like, hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. <laughs> Driving to house. Driving through three houses in Long Island. <laughs> Billy does it every day. It just comes yep. right through. Yep. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you, first of all, you're doing a draft show, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So when you're doing the draft show, who is the person you're going to talk about the most? Like the person you go, okay, this is so cool. I don't know if they're good. I don't know if they're bad. Um, but I really like talking about it because I found this doing draft shows and talking about the draft. If you watch a lot of college ball and you have to translate to the NFL, sometimes the guys that you find most interesting or that you talk about the most, they are not necessarily the ones who are who are marquee, guaranteed one hitters. They're the guys who you go, yeah, I don't know, man, but they're interesting. 
Uh, so the like the draft or the fact that I'm most excited to talk about because mm-hmm. it was I did two NC State games last year uh, doing the radio games with Learfield and Chandler Zavala, their left guard, has a dad who was a chopped champion and is like a grandmaster <laughs> chef, yes. which just fits perfectly into the like O line ethos in general. So he's probably one like I'm most excited to talk about um, just for that reason alone. Yeah, God, it, you can't like that. Having having a chopped contestant as your dad—that's the pico line. Well, I'd say, and just for the position in general, because so much of just offensive line life is your big fat herd animal, so you do everything together, and most of that revolves around <laughs> meals. And you basically structure your whole week. Like Thursday nights, uh, when yeah, still got to eat more. Someone's willing to get, especially in the NIL era now, so many of these kids are getting it for free. But if you've got a dad who's a chop chef, maybe he comes out and lives there for the season. Maybe he cooks for the guys every Thursday. Maybe life is great then. How did he do on Chopped? Oh, he won. He's like, he. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's that dude. He's Himothy. That's awesome. Um, the other question I had is this. Uh, I'm going to give you some bait, which is my favorite draft day bait. Um, I saw the best bit of bait that I have seen all draft season. Like draft season is all basically about bait and being taunted into yelling at somebody for being wrong. That's it about things that you can't predict yet. But I have one where I was like, I think I've been baited and I think I've been baited properly. So I'll try to soft pedal it. But this is one good to see you have Hendon Hooker in the first round. He'll be the best QB from this year's draft. This came from Mike Tannenbaum, who if you will remember, was the GM for the New York Jets. Not the Jets that have currently put together a pretty decent team, but the Jets that put together a Jets team and got fired for it and was not very good at his job. I've never been baited that hard. Is this the hardest draft bait of the year to this point? It is, and it's because Mike Tenenbaum is still coasting off the high of being the guy that stood up amidst the Justin Herbert draft class and was like, oh no, like he's the best one, I would take him, and ended up being very right about that. And so now he's operating with like diplomatic immunity with the rest of this. But yes, this is an insane bait from Mike T. I applaud him getting those clicks up. And I like Hendon Hooker. And yeah. I think he has a chance to be a very good quarterback, but no, absolutely not. This is the guy, by the way, who just who just hit on roulette. And he's like, wow, man, 1 to 36? That's what the payout is? I'm putting all this back on the wheel. That's you. You're describing you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Which, by the way. So game recognized game. game Yeah, no. (laughs) This is respect. Respect Mike T. He's like, no, no, no. This is all going back on the table. There's there's no there, what else would you do with it though? That's the thing is like there's no there's no money and no shine in being like, "Yep, I was right about one draft 5 years ago and I just coast I just stayed quiet ever since then. I decided to just be right the one time." Like I don't know, then you're like draft Gandalf. You only show up when there's like just incredible wisdom mm-hmm. to reveal. Gandalf's poor shit. Gandalf wears the same the same outfit every goddamn day and doesn't appear to have a house. You know what? Bill Belichick wears the same outfit every goddamn day. Mm-hmm. Except, except when he's on his sailing magazine cover, 
where he shows you how fucking flossy he is. Where's yeah, Gandalf's just Nantucket? Like Gandalf, where's wears, Gandalf's Nantucket? It's at the Gandalf's top of the Nantucket hill, brother. in the two towers, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, no, no, in, he got glowed up for that one. <laughs> at the no, turn of the tide, I looked up and saw Bill Belichick on a little sailboat. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you want to know how down Gandalf is with the luxury sailing lifestyle? He could call dead sailors and they show up. That's the that's other true. guy. That's, that's for salary cap reasons, though. <laughs> that's, <it. laughs> that's the heat call Cassidy. <laughs> I just saw a bunch of undead slot receivers. Undead three-star <laughs> slot receivers just <laughs> showing up track, for me. Track the squad of the dead. I'll just coach them up. <laughs> it's amazing. I could summon an army of Dion branches. They just show up. Wait, I, Spencer, I, you, you talked about like random like draft guys you're excited. I don't know about you. I have a fascination with guys that just look comically large on oh, tape amongst yeah. other comically large people. And mm-hmm. so like Dewan Jones from Ohio State, I genuinely have no idea. Like, I, I don't know how to scout a player that's that large because, like, there's a bunch of stuff that he doesn't do that well, but it's like trying to run around an 18-wheeler, and a lot of people really struggle with that. So, like, he gets a block. I, I don't know what to do. Him and Brian Brzee and Tyree Wilson are first team all comically large compared to their peers. I love just looking at them be gigantic action figures. And why wouldn't I, you draft somebody that big? Think about how many pounds you're adding per pick. Yeah. <laughs> Why draft a small guy? Your team did not get very much bigger. Also, like, I know how dudes work and draft boards and the people who put them together are still largely composed of men. Fair or not, that is just the fact. And until that problem is solved, I know you can walk into the room and you can be like, yeah, I got a house. I got a could be like, hoss, hoss, hoss. I, I guarantee you, 32 NFL teams, I could walk into like 20 of them minimum and get the owner on board just chanting hoss, and they would go with it on a draft day. Dan Campbell would pe- start the chant. I, I don't right, know if that's right. purely a gender. I don't know if that's purely a gendered thing. Yeah, like there I are think- enough women who are into like Hopper from Stranger Things, and he's like <laughs> kind of the hoss of that show. I think ladies like, who draft hosses at yeah, the exact ladies, same rate. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is actually one way in which hosses are for not everyone. <laughs> yeah, hoss, hoss is a gender neutral um, thing to fancy. Everybody likes cake. <laughs> Big like, meaty men are for yeah. all. <laughs> I like Big meaty men slap meat. I, mean, this, I like that you've identified the subgenre of women who like a man who resembles a shambling draft horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's all women. <laughs> like, 90s Garth Brooks wasn't like, oh, he's so slim. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or, as, or as Ryan said, that's a woman who has found the guy, who, the model who that doesn't fart. No. no. Like, even women who aren't into men in that way still look at a big ass guy and think, wow, impressive. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a lot. <laughs> what an efficient it's allocation. integrity. <laughs> I could stack stuff on top of all that <laughs> if I need yeah. somewhere to put things. This is this is going back to going back to an earlier theme. This is the Costco school of you know finding a man. You go, right. is it good? You know, I don't know, but I can buy a big ass can of them there's for like two bucks. Of, there's there's so much of, of it. There's got to be something in there for That's you. That's right. That's right. Um, let me ask each Spencer, Mike. Let me ask you each. Uh, 
who is the let's say day one prospect that as of today you're like i feel the least prepared to talk about this person in any detail and if put on the spot i will feel a little iffy about <sighs> is there okay. anybody like i, I know no 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 I got, I, I got a guy and i've gotten closer on him watching okay. him the last couple of days so i'm gonna test my notes on you live okay here. all right but the dude who, first round, I felt very, very uncertain as to how to... Because the hardest thing for me is to describe. Because you have mm-hmm. to translate and say, this is what this guy does. They're all football players. They all play their positions. But you go, okay. And, and I know Mike feels this on the offensive line in particular because they, they all do such similar but different things, right? Like, when you have a big-ass guard, that's a different job than, you know, you have a, than a tackle. Because a tackle is just... It's more technical. It's a more technical position. It does slightly different things than the guard, right? And that's hard to translate for anyone listening. The person for me that it's been hardest to zero in on exactly what they do and how they do it is CJ Stroud. And it's harder because he's good. Mm. It's harder because he's good. And it's harder because he is a different kind of quarterback than the ones you have seen. And if I had to line them up, like I got a beat on Levis. I can say what Levis is. Levis project. Right, like Levis in terms of a project, I don't actually think is that much different than Anthony Richardson. I really don't, in terms of what they're going to need to do. Right, their curve. They might have different skills, and they have a different ceiling. I think, but they're both going to have to go to school. So, like rough cut, I can say those two are over here. Right, you're over here. My fingers, they're in a different category. Um, with Bryce Young, all you do is you go, he's short. <laughs> so right, like, right. Just go. This is an awesome quarterback who's short. Yes. That, that's it. I don't, that's not hard. Everything he does, everything real well. But what does CJ Stroud do? And I'm like, okay, well, I feel like I've gotten closer. I can explain this. Um, I feel like CJ Stroud is a problem solver. That's the kind of quarterback he is. Mm. I don't feel like he's just a pull and fire dude. I don't feel like he's overwhelmingly talented physically. I think he is very talented. I don't think he's like 99th percentile. He's like 98th if you had to like, you know, split hairs here. But the thing he does really well. And he especially does this in the Penn State game is he looks at a puzzle and he gets everyone on board. Like, I feel like he is probably the best. He and Young are the best team players in that. I feel like they walk up and they go, I need to make sure everyone's going on or everyone knows what's going on. They're great at communication. And I feel like he's got a really strong arm. That's that. That's it. I'm getting closer to a good description of him. So you can tell me you'd be like, that's incoherent, Spencer. No, I feel like CJ Stroud is a good problem solver who, while not the kind of guy who you go, he can overcome bad play design or he can overcome good coverage. I don't feel like that's always the case. I do feel like he's the kind of guy, though, who kind of walks into every play and goes, okay, what am I looking at? Who do I need to talk to? And that's a good thing. He's a good problem solver, a good communicator. And I think for a pro, that's super important. Because in college, a lot of the time, we see a dude who can't talk. Like, like, who just walks up and is like, I'm a ball. And everyone's like, okay, I guess we're balling. And, you know, you got to catch the ball. I don't think Stroud's that dude, but he throws a good deep out, and he likes to look at coverages and go, that guy is coming. I need to get the ball to you. Like, he's real. I've seen on film when he's good, that's what he does best. Spencer, I had a teammate once that you would appreciate in a bull 
practice was just wholly mm-hmm. unprepared. He was like a third string guy who was getting run because we were in the awesome. young guy scrimmage days. And he get out, mm-hmm. got out there at linebacker, had no idea what the defensive call was. And so he just waved his hands at everyone and said, just ball out, just ball out. That was the only <laughs> thing he said to everyone on defense. <laughs> got it. Like, hey. Got it. <laughs> Say less. I on got it. you, dog. <laughs> Just ball he's out. So pro. yeah, so he, he's, which bowl he's been all pro five years running. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's right. Which which bowl was that? Um, that was, I think, the Champ Sports Bowl. So I think that would have been 2011. That'll get you through the Champ Sports Bowl, though. Yeah. That's the right attitude. Yeah, that's good yeah. enough. Yeah, 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 that was that was yeah. What, what about what about you, Mike? Who's the guy that you go? Okay, I, I really I'm not quite there. Um, I would say just defensive backs in general tend to mm-hmm. be a place that's really because I've always said to me defensive backs are the closest thing that you get to offensive linemen at any other position group because you're going backwards doing an unnatural skill set against some of the best athletes in the world and you've got to have communication amongst a group of four sometimes five sometimes even six guys about what's going on and you know you kind of pass off stunts the same way the same way you pass off routes and a lot of that is similar but it's just also things can happen so infrequently I'm spoiled by watching trench plays so much where for an offensive or defensive lineman something happens every play you have to do something you have to react to something every play and so like looking at this class here you've got really good players like I know Brian Branch is a beast I know going on down the list uh Joey Porter Jr like length is going to be the sell for him Mm -hmm. the Rodriguez kid from Oregon smooth fluid athlete like he was one where I did their game this year where I said you don't really have to know what good defensive back play is to watch that kid and go he's good at this like he just very naturally sticks with everyone runs like a receiver is very fluid in that way and can kind of latch on to guys um so I think all of those guys are the ones like I think I enjoy like uh Witherspoon from Illinois just because his just tends to be like badass like Devin Witherspoon is basically the defensive back most likely to try and beat you up in a bar fight but in general <laughs> those guys are always sort of my blind spot also yeah, note uh he's he's currently mocked the most to Philly so perfect yeah. makes sense <laughs> God's Devin timing is perfect you you got to watch him defend an in cut or a slant because the moment where they're supposed to break uh, Devin Witherspoon is already pushing them forward. Like, it's just fuck contact rules. Devin Witherspoon is like, the minute you make that cut into the field, he's like, what, 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 what? Like, like immediately on you. It's hilarious. Like, he should be flagged a lot more than he was. Like, and he probably will, but I love that. I love thinking about his game as like the transcript of Kyle Anderson bullying Rudy Gobert that came out. Yeah, he just called him a bitch repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love working in sports because there are professional moments where they're like, <clears throat> so we need to address you calling your teammate a bitch. <laughs> like that's they have to get HR in for that. Like, so quote, I'm running down here. It was on him. TV. Everyone hey, saw it yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. We can go to the tape if you want. And the tape bitch. that was on ABC. <laughs> I'll never apologize. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) Again, this is where you go, well, you used abusive language. We can't argue the factuality of this or not. not, Well, let's do do that. 
Truth is a defense to libel. <laughs> Granted, I too find Rudy Gobert to be a bitch. However, this is where this is why the FBA. The NBA can't be topped for its NBA ness because Draymond Green immediately went on his podcast and said, Yeah, you know, he is kind of a bitch. Like, he's a little- <laughs> Draymond immediately unleashed a tweet he'd been sitting on for what, two or three years? Yes. Like- <laughs> yes. This is where Draymond just has a list. Like, he's got a list and he keeps it, and it's just like list of bitches. And when it comes up, <laughs> Next. it's like his. His authoritative list. Most of us have Twitter drafts that are just like a tweet that didn't send right or like we were half drunk and can't remember. (laughs) I am confident Draymond has like a carefully cataloged like, let's see, (laughs) subcategory, bitch. Let's find which team we're talking about. Draymond drafts are like Batman's plans to kill the rest of the Justice League. (laughs) If I need to, I will press send on all of them. Like I've studied like, you all for years. I, I know, know your exactly. I know exactly what will make you mad. With merely a tweet, I'll take you down like Nick Fury <laughs> taking down Thor with one word. Yeah. This is like France for a long time had a nuclear strategy, which was called all azimuths. In the event of a nuclear crisis, France was just going to press the button and kill everyone. They were just going to send one to London. They were going to send <laughs> Fuck one. Fuck all They were just going to send everything they had. They were just going to be like, ah, au revoir. And just, F- you know. Imagine how well the FBI could have run if J. Edgar Hoover had had Draymond Green working for him the whole Draymond, time. Draymond Green mentality. I also wanted to ask, um, this is definitely, definitely draft-related, um, you attended your first WrestleMania. Oof. Correct? Now, was this the first? Had you ever been to wrestling before, or did you just jump right in? Went right in cold. Had never been to a live wrestling event and decided to go to WrestleMania. Did you do both days? I just did Saturday. No, I couldn't make okay. Sunday, so I just that was, did the That first was the good day. day. You chose the right yeah. day. Yeah. I wanted to ask, one, um, I guess your overall, like, it did take the top of your head off, right? Yeah, it. so it was weird because my my week leading up to that, the weekend before, I had been to a, in Las Vegas at Allegiant for the first night of Taylor Swift's two shows at that venue, and then I came back to Los Angeles and went to night one of WrestleMania, and I got to tell you, an incredible amount of sequins at both, like very similar <laughs> outfit choices from a lot of people involved in both worlds, and a similar fealty to the deity that they are worshiping in the middle of the entire situation situation so a lot more in common than you would imagine those two groups would have on paper i also wanted to ask what should we port over like there's a lot of things for me from wrestlemania we need to introduce to the rest of sports we've unfairly confined them to uh sports entertainment and we really should have my suggestion is this and you didn't see this because you were live don't quite get the same experience. They stage two different shows, right? The WrestleMania, and what you see is you see the TV set, the stage, and all of the areas that they'd use, like the ramp and everything. But they also stage a wrestling show that takes up the entire arena and is fully staged for everyone's seating in the arena. The thing for me, I think we need to bring we need to bring an oppositional announcer who hates one of the participants or teams in a sporting event and says how dastardly they are. For instance, Jim Ross saying like he's gonna go to hell for that. What a scoundrel! Like we need we need more of that in sports. What what would you bring over? So. Hmm. Like ornate entrances, we already kind of have the crossover in both now. 
I know Clemson's kind of got the hill on lock, but man, the gigantic, like comically long Hollywood style stage at WrestleMania 39 was really aspirational. I also just like the idea at a sporting event of having a cage that could be dropped down at any time. And whoever is under the cage, you are now the only live players in the action. Like, I didn't even get to see the cage lowered, but the whole time it was just like this looming other player in the game where I was like, well... It, I don't know when it's coming. I'm new here, so it could eventually just pop down. And the idea that at some point that could happen, where we just have or quarter the entire field of play, and whoever's left in there has to pick up the pieces, could be a really interesting wrinkle to have. You're in the red zone now. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of like the idea. Once you're in the red zone, you just lower a cage over the whole field and you can bounce a pass off it. There's only one you know. way out of the red zone, and it's to fumble the ball out of the back of the end zone. <laughs> no touchbacks. That shit's coming back live. Um, when you were there, too, this is the other thing that we need more of. We need more, for, more fan participation. If you go to a wrestling event, the best part is that the marks mark out really hard and have different things they do the whole time. Like, football crowds can be great, but we have nothing that compares with this is awesome. Like, this is awesome should be more of a chant that's, like, part of sports lives. We don't have Ric Flair woos whenever anyone gets chest chopped or the boo or yay. We need more of that, like, by far. Yeah, I, that part I wasn't prepared for because that started in the concourse. Like, all of a sudden, people <laughs> were just coming out of nowhere out of the bathroom, and everyone in line to get hot dogs is wooing, and I'm I'm playing catch-up on everything. And so then all of a sudden, I get out, and I get it in context inside the actual like stadium itself. But out there, I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, no, this is a cult that I have just recently joined, and I didn't read the pamphlet. <laughs> I mean, we do have, you know, Illinois and Penn State. They go to 35 overtimes. That's a fight forever situation. Mm-hmm. We do need that by far. Or, like, I, I, I'm i going to AEW tomorrow night, and I had to read up. You know, you have to be prepped. Everybody's going to be yelling cowboy shit because Adam Hangman Page is wrestling. I was going to say, the one thing I wanted to see sports add to that you mentioned, getting caught up on things, wrestling did a phenomenal job at uh, WrestleMania, I mean, did a phenomenal job with the video synopses that they run in inside the stadium before every match i get a little vignette that tells me everything i need to know about everyone who's going battle inside the ring and if you just ran that inside the stadium like up on the video board like oh last time on dragon ball z when these two teams scored <laughs> off and you just went that it'd be a wonderful way to make sure that all right everyone's caught up here if you're just some random friend that you know went along with your buddies on this game so like the only way to do that honestly would be like to let uh, each of the schools make the video package about the other school, right? Yes. Like, mm. if you want a good guy announcer and a heel announcer, like Spencer's idea, you need to combine radio crews for each game. Everybody gets to send oh. one announcer, right? So, like, to do the video package thing, you have to let, like, Ole Miss make Auburn's pregame video. You know what I mean? Oh, imagine the Michigan-Michigan State game next year if you did this. <laughs> I mean, Michigan does this before the Ohio State game in real life. And you get, well, the thing is, we need Ohio State to also get a minute of airtime in that video. Like, they both get to present their own alternate reality because it's either that or we have, like, uh, an Im quote unquote impartial third party stitch these two things together. Spencer I do will like, do it. 
I'll do it. Yeah. I also like. I also totally believe in like. I think we need to allow more teams to make heel and face turns. We need like we need that all the time. You know because you need a good heel. Like I think one problem with Alabama and why they were never really that compelling is they got on an Undertaker thing of like being kind of a neutral heel and not like a heel heel. Alabama came in and they're just like we're just you know we're just on a streak. We're just undead. But now, now all sports teams want to be a heel for their own purpose. They want to be a heel f- just from the perspective of, like, everyone was against us. And no yeah. one thought we could. Like, nobody really wants to be a heel for its own sake or for the, for the beauty of, like, being the fly in the ointment. Like, you know, it's just all bullshit uh, uh, hype talk at this point. I think... Every sports team, every athlete at this point wants to be a fake John Cena underdog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the John Cena's thing is like this, he's you know his his wrestling character is like ultimate unstoppable Superman who also has enough uh, political pull to say, yeah, I don't really want to lose to that guy, so I won't. Um, but also at the same time, the whole brand is like try really hard because no one believes in you and. That is what, how every athlete talks, even <laughs> though they are all unstoppable superpersons. There's only one team I know of that really wants to be the bad guy, and um, it's Miami. But the funny part is they can't actually be Scott Hall and say hi to the bad guy because they can't get there. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're not over. Like, right. They're not right. over. Right. They're the they Austin can't. Theory of, the, they, uh, of college right. football. <laughs> like, we'd love to boo you, but we don't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like I think Texas could play this role if they Texas got... is your Dominic Mysterio. Fuck that team. <laughs> <laughs> fuck everything about them. <laughs> we will go to a game just to say fuck them. That's Wait, how so you where get does Ann heal? <laughs> where does Ann M fit into that equation? Oh boy. <laughs> you just kind of oh. ogle them. You just you kind of you kind of just observe the weird shit they're doing. So no, like, they're they're, they're Shane like McMahon. they're they, like. <laughs> they're gonna jump off some shit they're gonna hurt themselves they're gonna make a lot of money but their dad still won't love them yeah like you hear must be the money comes on and then they walk in and blow their quad that's the same are these all these weird movements on purpose like are, are, is any of this shit supposed to look real no it's really he, they think it's really cool he thinks it looks really cool don't why worry. is he flailing his arms like that are those supposed to be punches must be the money ow <laughs> Shane McMahon does sort of look like like a swole yell, yell leader too. It looks like yeah. it looks like bloated Jimbo, <laughs> <laughs> like waterlogged Jimbo. If you said if you said like HGH softball dad, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the brand. I do. That is totally the brand. And then Snoop Dogg has to bail you out. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Snoop, Snoop Dogg, uh, <laughs> I- improv master of the year, who, uh, yeah, granted, he got a little bit of assistance. There was a video showing, like, the cameraman is immediately yelling, Punch the Miz! <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, the solution to every problem is a cameraman telling you to punch someone. And uh, the ref, she ran over to Snoop, and she's like, People's Elbow! And, like, Snoop put together these two pieces of information to just, like, I will do an impersonation of Dwayne The Rock Johnson right now <laughs> in front of 90,000 people, 80,000 people. So if I just said Texas A&M football helped from the ring after injury, that's pretty much a program <laughs> yep, epitaph, yep, right? Yep, like, yes, yep. helped from the ring. But I, I, I think your larger point is right that we do need more college football programs that just embrace heel status. 
like real heels, real heel heel status. real yeah. heel status. Yes, eighty and like, like eighty nine Miami. Yes, yes, and we've we've had lots of them in the past, but it just I don't know if it's just like it's it feels too unfamily friendly or if it's just i don't know what it is but it's just not as appealing anymore for whatever reason the, the like way even, you even like some that. of those even some of those like Pete USC teams had sort of kind of a heel energy to them right does would Dabo's Clemson teams have heel energy or more of that John Cena energy Very you described? Extremely John Cena energy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> My God! Oh, we're, everyone hates us because we're so nice. <laughs> that type of shit. Let me come out, rap at you. Yeah, like. <laughs> he has done that. Oh God. Yeah, no, he's done that. So, Bama, Bama was over as a heel for a while, but they were the Brock Lesnar heel, where it's like. What? Right. I, I really want to hate them, but holy fuck, they're so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I, I can't gotta, look at them. I have one game that is the most healed performance of the last like three or four years, and that's 2021 Georgia-Arkansas, where okay. Arkansas came in like, I don't know, things are looking up for Arkansas. And it, and it was one of those... <laughs> It was one of those, like, after seven minutes, you're like, everyone's in trouble, run! <laughs> Squash. Squash match. Yeah, you know, like, occasionally there's a match early in the card where they're like, Brock Lesnar versus a three-year-old girl! Yeah. And, you know, I've, they I've never they just, seen that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, three minutes into the match, you know, it's over, right? Like, max. Right. That's, to me, one of those, like, squash matches. That's exactly what that game felt like because a good three minutes into the game you could just tell you're like oh it's 98 degrees on that field and they're gonna die yeah so at least in japanese wrestling the uh the 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 person playing the role of georgia in this would like sell the three-year-old girl's offense like look up the video of kenny omega <laughs> being defeated by like a six-year-old girl <laughs> selling her offense with his whole heart that's how you should do it georgia or the or the inflatable doll there's an inflatable yes. doll that I believe is one and one in regular matches. Yes. In NJPW. Is that, so that's Missouri. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> that is Missouri winning the SEC East. Everyone is just, yeah. we are going to sell the uh, the dinosaur costumes offense. <laughs> Florida just sees the inflatable doll coming in the ring. It's like, fuck. Ba fuck boss said wrong. it'd be funny. Boss said it'd be really. Listen, we're the SEC East. We're the comedy match. We're the comedy match before the main event. It's fine. That's, dude, that's got to be the best job in the world. You show up to Japan, you don't speak the language. Somebody comes to you and goes, "You are going to fight a girl today." Okay, yeah. okay mixed gender to, wrestling. You, no, no, a seven-year-old yeah. girl. Yeah. Seven-year-old girl. Okay, okay, okay. She's extremely powerful. Got it. Got it. We will pay you seven seven thousand dollars to lose to this six-year-old girl today in your underwear. You're like, got also, it. Yeah. If you land any offense whatsoever, the entire building will hate you. Yeah. <laughs> But you have also to be, be brutalized most... from bell to bell. <laughs> mm -hmm. They'll be mostly silent for most of the match. <laughs> right, yes. This is a normal day in your life. <laughs> I feel like parents would be incredibly well prepared for everything you just described. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it is, totally. is a large part of the job. It's selling offense by four-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my back. Oh, he's really the psychological story of this match is that he is wearing down my lower back. Oh, it hurts so bad. <laughs> I think they can't. Yeah, exactly. With an announcer, this is another reason I want the announcer is that I want the announcer to sell things that don't really exist. I want the announcer, because the announcer, the color announcer, especially in a wrestling broadcast, 
tries to make things real that are not. For instance, selling like, I don't know how much longer these men can stand the physical stress of these chest chops, you know? <laughs> that place is so much, mm-hmm. like, they make up damage, right? Like, Right, yes. They'll be like, yes, it brings the blood to the chest, which inflicts psychological damage on the cerebrospinal cortex, which then yes. it disables the heel, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. Like, they do so much horse shit physiologically <laughs> that I would love to see this from a college football perspective. Like, they played Boomer Sooner 73 times. The oral stress on the ear translates directly to the cerebrospinal column, which affects the nervous system of the quarterback. It's proof 67% more interceptions in the third quarter when they played Boomer Sooner against these boys. I feel like we already have this, and that is, this is, they're wearing them down with the rushing attack. Yeah. Like, I think that's our version of, like, sometimes it is true, but sometimes it is just like, oh boy, the brutality being inflicted here. He gets stronger as the game goes on. (laughs) By God, he's establishing the run. Yes. 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 So, so Coley, you have played against, you've played the game. Was there a point where you're like, we should probably stop trying to establish the run? Like, as an offensive lineman, you're like, yeah, this shit's not working. I don't think it's going to be established today. I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you, sometimes pass blocking is a really nice break. Like, <laughs> like, some, like, yeah, sometimes having to pass block the Aaron Dons of the world sucks. But other times, especially when you play center or guard, there's just whole plays where you're blocking air. And yeah. you're supposed to go find work and your line coach is going to yell at you later. But play 75 in the game sometimes it's nice to just throw a post hand on the guy the center's blocking look out and be like oh the tackle's got him he's good right now are you just, we're just are gonna you pound like, our feet and look busy that's right are you just like leaning like okay i got you look at me i'm doing yep. something yeah yeah no and all you got to say after is like listen coach i felt him i thought he was gonna try and cross this me. is like know, the third person helping out. to carry a couch who's like in the corner or in the middle mm-hmm. somewhere it's not really doing anything but you're like no, no i'm here we all got this guys we're all doing this like that is just calling out directions Watch watch your left. That is playing center in college football. That is playing center in college football. You're there to play air traffic control, and then for the teams that line up with it, like, you got to pay eventually when a team wants to run a 3-4 and they line up some 350-pound yeah. hoss in front of you. Like, watching my buddies try and block Star Latulale looked like hell. I was really glad to be not playing at that I hate point. It for y'all. Because he was, they were just running into this brick wall that wasn't doing anything oh, for him. But the other times, if someone's got a four down front playing center in college football, is the easiest shit on earth. I recommend it to anybody. You're just like, literally, you're doing the Wong, right? You're like, y'all have fun fighting Thanos. Yep. I'll be over here. I have to watch the library. I'm just going to get, I'm going to get some distance back here. Circle my hands a little bit. Circle my hands a little bit. <laughs> Shuffle the feet. Yeah, Wong's footwork. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah, man. <laughs> He's this got a good go. base to him. I think he, he could do it. it. Yeah, that's right. They all brace really well. I mean, mm-hmm. they get it. Mm-hmm. Good body mm-hmm. angles. Mm-hmm. This is where I go full wrestling announcer and go, he's so smart. What a tactician. <laughs> <laughs> he's got those educated feet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, uh, before this, I just watched the Kenny Omega uh, Adam Hangman page title fight from 2022. At one point, the evil manager comes over and grabs Hangman's boot when he's trying to kick, and he grabs the boot from out of the ring and interferes. And Jim Ross classic line goes he's so smart (laughs) (laughs) diabolical the way he attacked the guy in the ring yeah yeah the way he cheated like every time i see a center come with like a last minute like pile jump block right like the guard has fought star lotulele to the ground the center's like yep touched him yep did something i'm always like i'm always like tactician 
Yeah. And anything you get away with that the ref didn't see is brilliant. Yeah. He's like a coach on the field. And that, and that his body and skills are middle-aged. Um, Which Mike, you can absolutely pull off as a center, too, because the coolest thing you get to do, crouch and point. It's yeah. the best pictures I ever <laughs> yeah. have of me yeah. playing football. Hell yeah. Half the time, it's completely useless, but you're just like, you know what? I want to over-communicate crouch and point. Now let I me look tell cool. you, let me tell I you look who like loves, such a leader. Let me tell you who <laughs> loves a fucking college football center, and that's Getty Images. Oh, my yeah. God. They love those dudes. The big men of when, action. That's right. Because you're just far enough out of the front of the rest of the line that, that, that when they take the shot down the line of scrimmage, yep. Yep. Oh, I got a great shot from the BC game. We played them in 2011. Tattoos are out and flowing. Yeah. I look like I'm leading, like I'm Washington leading everyone <laughs> yes. across the river. <laughs> Look at this Braveheart shit. Like, look at fucking <laughs> Babe Ruth calling his shot. <laughs> yeah. look, you, it looks like I'm calling you out, motherfucker. But yeah. really, yeah. it's just like here is here is here is our strategic uh, point of emphasis. Yeah, yeah. This is like this is like trying to find uh, Robbie Gordon in old NASCAR photos if you're trying to find a guard because you know you would not be that if you're the center. You're clear. You're like uh, you're Dale Earnhardt, or you're not in the crash. The best part is if you try to find a photo of a guard. And I remember um, guard from Notre Dame, big badass, um, Quentin Nelson. Oh, correct. So I was trying to find clean photos of Quentin Nelson, and it was impossible because Quentin Nelson was always under three guys. Because he had started. Because he, you know, it's, like, it's like trying to find a clean shot of Johnny Knoxville. It's not possible because you're like, no, well, he's being shot, or he's clearly in pain here, right? Like Quentin Nelson, if you're trying so to find like a photo Quentin of Nelson him, is under the bull, yeah. Right, or, or like Robbie Gordon was always under three cars because he just started some shit. Right, he was the guy who started the crash. So if you're trying to find a guard, it's got to suck to find your official photo. Like I need one for mom, and they're like, "Well, here's three dirty 300 pound men on top of you, right here." Yeah, and I mean, you, so you've got that combined with the fact that he's always wearing gold pants, which render and look like you pissed yourself more often than not. <laughs> mm -hmm. Although in my defense, I was pissing myself more yes. often than not. Like my senior day photo is me out with my parents, blatant pee stain, right up. <laughs> Right in the front. <laughs> just, was that always voluntary, or sometimes you're just like, that was really hard. I had that's to. true of a lot of college seniors. It's not football specific. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, Spencer, it was not voluntary. More often yes. than not, it was like, I'm so. F I always puke before games anyway, so I'm just ejecting fluids out of every part of my body, and that was <laughs> just one of the places. That's why we call him Gusher. <laughs> <laughs> It's a beautiful sport, is what we're trying to say. Really beautiful. Um, I did have another question for you. You have lost a tremendous amount of weight, like most linemen, since you stopped playing. What did you do to put size on? What did you eat? Like, what was the what was the mass keeper? If it, it, it like everything, everywhere, all at once. It was just because, like, when we got to college too, there weren't nutrition plans like you have now. It was have a loaf of peanut butter or a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter under your bed and as much weight gainer as they'll give you at GNC and just eat those the first time you wake up and right when you go to bed and then just never stop in the interim. Sam Young, who was uh, offensive lineman, he was like a junior or senior when I got there, had my favorite NFL career because you just look up and Sam was still playing somewhere, just filling out an offensive line room, incredible vibes guy. And he was like six seven, and they really wanted him to put weight on. So he would show up at like four thirty in the morning before a five or six a.m. lift, and they would make him chug 
these diesel can Gatorade protein shakes that we had that are like 800% your daily intake of sugar <laughs> and a bunch of calories. And he would chug five of those, this wait around for 45 minutes, and then like work an out entire lake. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so between I started when I speaking of sodium, I started when I was a kid. I used to come home from Pop Warner practice, and my mom would just make me the family size can of Chef Boyardee raviolis, <laughs> and I would just sit there and mollywop the bowl. So you're like my you're like my physical icon. What I'm going for the goal is lots white. I'm just gonna be pillar yes. of salt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the other question 100%. I have. I had the question for you, and it's really less of a question and more of like an advice because, um, you know, my whole life I've wanted to do steroids and haven't. But, you know, if I just say <laughs> one this cycle, is the year. Bro, this right? is the I year. Should just do, I should just do one cycle, right? So you're supposed to say, no, no, don't do it. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Get big! I've, Spencer, I'm in the same boat as you were now that no one's going to test me. I'm like, man, this would be kind of cool. Like... <laughs> I see I see the guys at the gym. Like, I work out at a 24-hour fitness that's full of meatheads down in the free weight section. Dude, and I here. see the guys that are, oh, clearly just, I want to go and start to ask the questions about what weird website you get this off of. Because I'd love to look like that just for a little bit. Not long enough to where it's going to fully compromise my body like we see all these old bodybuilders, but just enough to get me close. Just to get some photos. Yes, that's it. A couple photos, yeah. That's it, or, or to be to be the weirdly swole old man. That's where I'm at. To the weirdly swole old man, where they're like, "Yeah, he's on gear, but but damn." What um, <clears throat> what is holding you back at this point, Spencer? Um, what's holding me back are the uh, it, one. It's a routine, so I would be worried that I would just mm. take the shit to like because I'm take it all at once. Like that'll take happen, it all at once. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Take it all at once and some weird anime shit happens. <laughs> You're as big like as Like a Earth. part of me just starts bubbling like cauliflower, right? And I'm like, Aah! yeah. And I develop psychic powers. And he turned into Kelsey Grammer, Hank McCoy. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> if I could do something where I became furry blue thing right now, I'd do it right now. I know right you now. would. I know you would. Oh, in a heartbeat. Yes. Yeah, no, like, is there a button right here that I can press to do that I think, right now? I think the only issue you would have is you'd, you'd be so hot all the time. You'd be so hot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how Beast wears a fucking suit. I don't know just, how he isn't just, like, <laughs> sweat through every dress shirt. My brother, he wears tweed. If you see it, he wears paper sword of tweed. I think it's because blue is a cool color. You think I so? know. Yeah. To quote the okay. internet, I know it smelled crazy in there. <laughs> this goes all the way back to our original point about ladies preferring a good hoss. Oh, but yes. My yep. sister watched like the new Beauty and the Beast when it came out. And I remember one point she's like, why the hell would she want him to change? He's great the way he is. <laughs> Perfect man. What warm saves on heating bills in the winter. He's right? a big beefy boy with good hair. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Lots of it. <laughs> so just um, the routine is throwing he's you off, eat, right? Oh, there's a number of different things, right? There's okay. a number of different obstacles here. One routine, okay. routine, because I'm gonna have to remember to do that, right? And I'm terrible at remembering to take any medications, much less ones that are uh, recreational or voluntary, right? Yeah. Like this is the reason I'm a terrible <laughs> addict. 
because I can't remember to do the thing. <laughs> I can't remember to be addicted. This is this is the reason I this is the reason I can't. Not again. Like, I don't I, actually the, drink that much anymore. What the fuck is it that I'm addicted to? I I'm worried about your conception of addiction at this point. <laughs> no, because I mean I had like a drinking problem at one point. But one of the things that was my big advantage in overcoming that drinking problem was I could not, one, plan the logistics necessary to be a good drunk. Because you have to have a routine. Like, if you right, have to be disciplined, right? right? If you're right. going to keep a job and have a, a substance abuse problem. And ultimately, my level of addiction was not that great because I could overcome it. I could say, I'm not organized enough to be an addict, right? Simply, like, I could not forget, hit that next level. Sure. Simply forgot right? to be drunk. This explains a lot about certain college football coaches, but please go ahead. Yeah. No. <laughs> You know, and I could not, and, and obviously, like, my level was not on the level of being enough of a problem, and that's the real blessing. But my superpower, my little advantage there was that I could not be organized enough to pull it off. There's okay, the, right there. Good, good. Uh, two, uh, the other thing is this. I, I, I'm really, I don't ever want to off-cycle. Like, I got Barry Bond's approach to this. Do you know what Barry Bond's approach to steroid cycling was? He took it, and he got huge. Yeah. And his trainer, Anderson said bro you got to off cycle and barry bonds was like I, I, fuck that i'm never off cycling and he just started another cycle so he just got bigger and bigger and he never went off i would never under i would never ever have the discipline to be like well in three months i got to pick this back up no i would just be a bloated hormonally <laughs> deranged mess six months out being like oh i forgot crap <laughs> you're gonna hit so many dingers though <laughs> do it for america he did so he did he did roids so hard that he had muscles in his arm shear off in his first season. Is he the he closest we've gotten to the actual juggernaut existing in real Baseball life? Baseball juggernaut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mike Mamula was on that gas. Mike, before yeah. Bonds was ever around, Mike Mamula was hard on that gas. He was probably the real life juggernaut. I would pitch around the juggernaut. That's all I'm saying. I'd definitely <laughs> walk <in. laughs> But at the same time, if you told me, like, yeah, when the Juggernaut was younger, he stole 40 bases, I'd be like, holy shit. Yeah. Juggernaut definitely deserves to be in the baseball Hall of Fame. I mean, I'm not guarding the plate if the Juggernaut is coming to, <laughs> is rounding third. I'm like, oh, shit, the sun's in my eyes. I, I fell yeah. out of the way. I have a contrary opinion. I would have hit Bonds because then he'd have to run out after me. Yeah. Because right? be the best he's doing is a speed walk. I'd probably sure. just keep moving backwards, <laughs> hoping he'd pull something. Yeah. Right, right. That's pretty well, good. And like, there's no lateral quicks with that either. It's no. straight line. No, so yeah. you just olay one way or the other. Yeah. It's like, like it's like it's like getting through. chased by an alligator. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's Zig, all alligator. Zigzag. You got to zigzag away from Barry. Alligator's so strong. Call him yeah. Gator Arms. <laughs> also, for for who and for what? Like like if I if I deadlift 500 pounds, what what's it do for anyone? Like that's the thing. If I'm on roids and I do all the things, TikTok and. It, it, who's going to care? Mm. They're still going to hate me. Doesn't matter. <laughs> wow. No, no. Remember, we're trying. We're trying heel turns. You want to yeah. be say for yeah. your strength. You want to be yeah. the heel of steroid deadlifting talk. <laughs> yeah. They didn't as believe a, I could deadlift peeling... five hundred. Exactly. And somebody's be like, he's on test, and I'm like, brother, I'm on all the tests. <laughs> brother, brother, I am. I am the test, and you can't pass it. I, I got a test for you. Tell me what I'm not on, huh? Like. Yes. <laughs> That's it. They'll be like, yeah, he's on gear. And I'm like, top gear? Oh, yeah. <laughs> B12, baby. 
this heart's this heart's huge. I'm gonna be dead by 57. Yeah, Jesus. that's the other. That's the other problem is that if I actually had to stick with it in the manner in which I would, in six months I'd be Rich Piana. I'd be like, I got problems. You don't. Have like, I'd be cutting YouTube videos where I'm like, yeah, I don't know, missed him my whole life. I'm on a cut. It's real rough, bro. Like these terrifying yeah, but I'm so big. videos. I'm so yeah. big. What I've done to gain this power? <laughs> I had, to custom, had to custom order the casket. It's a yeah. big casket, which is pretty cool. My YouTube channel would have 3.2 million views, and all of them would be like, get help. Get help. <laughs> help dude. I'm really worried about Spencer. Yo, God. I can't he's wait till so his big. next video, though. Yeah, he's so big. He's so yoked. <laughs> yeah. Also, you do have to do all the work, which, you know, like, that that would be fine. But you don't want to become one of the, you just you don't want to become one of those people. So that's so basically lack of organizational skills is really the biggest obstacle to me doing it. Also, you become an unnatural shade of like red if you're like yeah. Oh, I've seen the Lever King. I know. Yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> dog look that hot dog look. It's not good. You know. You also get like the HGH gut, like the Palumbo gut. So I'm just imagining look. the liver king rolling on one of those gas station hot dog things now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat me. <laughs> Although I am all natural. No, he's not. No. He's not. <laughs> um, yeah, those are, those are those are all of the reasons that I, I simply would not. I would decline. Okay. Those are actually those are actually very good reasons for you. Those, really, are, very, <laughs> those are very honest reasons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the, the reason Spencer can't do steroids are the same reasons that I can't buy chips and dip for myself at the grocery <laughs> store anymore or cereal because I will consume them all at once irresponsibly yeah. and then not do so the next time. Yeah. Because you'll become too powerful. Same thing. Yeah. They make um, Zaps pretzel sticks now. Oh, fuck like you yeah. can get voodoo. I didn't pretzel need to sticks know that. that are Zaps voodoo How dare flavor. You? We bought. They they were in this house once and never again. They will never <laughs> return to this home. <laughs> They made you too strong. Yep, that's right. Yeah, you but just you had black it. back in and you look down, covered in it. What have I become? It's it's one of those things where you're like, oh, other people in the house will want these. Guess not. Yes. <laughs> Guess hey, they, they, not. They, they had like 15 seconds. They other people in the house are going to want them, and that's the problem. That's, that's right. why I must dispose of this now. Save, I'm saving you. You this don't understand the sacrifice good. I'm making. Yeah, you were you were Dexter in that one episode where somebody's like, "No, but I want to be killed," and you're like, "Ah, I gotta do it." I, just, I just to be, to be clear, it's April eleventh, twenty twenty three, and Spencer is referencing Dexter. I did, I did the Jesus novel, sir. Christ. The novel. Oh, <laughs> oh my Simon, god, Simon Estite. You're a nightmare. Please, you are you the one to basic cable check me here? Please about what? Referencing a basic cable show, you're, you're like you are on my First level. First of all, of... Dexter is not basic cable; it's previous cable. You fucking philistine! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it, maybe if you're a broke boy. <laughs> Does that even mean? <laughs> I got so much money they put it on regular cable for me. Yeah. <laughs> This is my. This is part of my heel turn, Jason. You have I'm so rich. They put it all on CBS for me. That's when you right. live in a when you live in a courtyard by Marriott, as I do, you're all basic cable, baby. Sorry, you ain't on this Homewood Suite. Like, 
<laughs> no, you can keep the points. I'll take the rest of this on cable, please. Would you like to enter your member's number? Nah, you can keep them. <laughs> nah, I don't need to. Dexter's on basic cable. Yeah, that's right. You want to come up my room and watch TV? <laughs> you want to watch Dexter? It's Dexter. on every channel. <laughs> Dexter and True Blood. That's all I. That's all I do. True Blood by day. Hey, Dexter I've never. I've seen like two episodes of Dexter ever. I watched all of True Blood. I know you watched all of True yeah, Blood. Huh? Yeah, Dexter is like it, it's like ninety percent stupid enough. True Blood is the authentic two hundred percent stupid enough. See, and I'm, yes, I'm, in, I'm yes, in on True Blood, yes, not Dexter. Yes, uh, yes. Dexter I'll... has too many people think, thinking like I think we can make this good, and True Blood is all people who are like, oh, this is bad, baby. We gonna do this big. <laughs> This gonna be real stupid, Cher. <laughs> Gambit executive producer. <laughs> the inside of Gambit's brain is that oh. Gambit's brain when Rogue walks past. Oh, Remy's so horny for the vampire. <laughs> That show, that show is so dumb. The best part is that they can walk in. They'd be like, "I'm a televangelist who's also a wear panther," and you're like, "Whatever, whatever." Boring. <laughs> we did that in season three. Yeah, like, Come on. Oh. What else you got? <laughs> Where's the rest of your bit? That's not enough. The oh, starting that's... point was there's a vampire who sounds like Elvis. You're like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> That's that sounds like exactly what's happened with the people making the Fast franchise. Where now it's like, hell yeah, the Rock can redirect a torpedo yes. on top of the yes. ice. Let's go. Yes. Yep. yep. <laughs> he could though. You know why? Gear. He's on good. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had all my cons, and I'm like, Ryan, maybe I could do steroids because I had the discipline to finish every episode of True Blood. <laughs> <laughs> and if I so put like, myself through that. That's right. What what kind of shit is Dominic Toretto canonically on at this point? Now that you know, in this next movie, I'm sure he's going to fucking throw cars at each other and like catch a car in the air and return it to the person who threw it. How much? How much? How much roids is he doing at this point? That character. Okay, I have an answer. So it's government. First of all, it's government roids, right? Secret government roids. He's got that great shit. Yeah. Not our, got not that our shit they gave though. Drago. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Designed by Ludacris, the smartest yeah. man alive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the top of my game, and with this, you will be too. <laughs> the What's in my brains is now in your biceps. <laughs> Getting erotic, giving your body just what it deserves. <laughs> Test. <laughs> D-ball, baby. I love that the smartest man in the universe went to Georgia State in the Fast Universe. Yes. Well, so yeah. Good. Of course he did. Of course he did. Yeah. It's the best school, school in the Fast Universe. Yeah. The only, I think the only schools in the Fast Universe are Georgia State and San Diego State. <laughs> <laughs> Which one did you go to? <laughs> they get like they and they bring in like a villain school, right? Like that's where all the villains came from, and it's somewhere that like it's like. Oklahoma or something you know, it's like <laughs> that's a place we've never been anywhere near because there's not an ocean that must be scary there's nowhere there's nothing there's nothing glamorous or cool there um yeah I I think he's on the good Russian shit that's my guess right he's probably on some that'll extremely... make a red yeah 
he's on he's on something he's on something where they're like do not go out in sunlight for two weeks after taking this some bear steroids yeah. the shit they use to make bears bigger. steroids yeah <laughs> they would they'd be, they'd be like you know so what will happen if i go out in the sun bear is too skinny the, it's not that someone thought that, Jason. It's that someone thought that and someone agreed. That someone was like, yes. Yes, yes we will right. do something about this. <laughs> she no right. wants skinny bear. She wants big bear. She loves husky <laughs> boy. She wants big, big fat bear. <laughs> Ideal man. Big fat friendly bear who sleeps much and eats. Yes. And earns. Make sure it puts earner in there. The steroid will make me a good earner and family man. <laughs> Yeah, that's Only the shit one I thing will take. stop you from turning into bear. Corona beer must be taken three times a day. <laughs> it will prevent all hair from growing on your body, but you will have the strength of a bear and the driving ability of a bear. It'll have, the height, of, it'll have the height of a bear. No. <laughs> yeah, I will. Well, when I'm you, definitely when taller you... than a bear. Once you control camera. <laughs> <laughs> Once you are director, you will be tall. Somehow. I want the fast. Also, the and... rock will shrink. <laughs> it's magic. I want, I want the fast universe to incorporate somebody like Rob Delaney. I want them to do the thing from Deadpool where they just take sure. a normal guy and make him part of the team, right? Like it'll outrageously be, normal. It'll be Kendall Roy. That's who it's going to be. Jeremy <laughs> Strong is part of it. I love that the most normal guy they have is ludicrous. Like, he, he is the guy who fits in that role here. By yeah, comparison. I think that's true. Can't wait for Kendall to come in and disrupt family. <laughs> if you that thought is you... My, and I apologize for anybody who is behind on the show at this point, but the LA Times has already spoiled it, so fuck it, we can too. Um, I think the most satisfying end to succession would be if we do, like, a fast style end of the show where you go back to the plane where Logan died and it's revealed that Jason Statham was the pilot the whole time and it's like holding a little poison vial or some shit and it's like yep that's right it was Shaw all along I think fast should go back to the very beginning and it was like, uh, who's the, who, like, is there an action star who hasn't been in it? Like a current action star? Well, they're going to do like fucking the DVD players that we stole were Chris Pratt all along. Yes, right. That's what they're going to do. Do you think? Do you think Don Toretto ever sits down and is like, man, shit has really fucking spiraled for us, you guys? <laughs> I just, <laughs> <wanted to laughs> just have like an auto body shop and occasionally steal from Best Buy. Why what did we steal so many fucking guys? VCRs that we're in space? <laughs> Maybe what we need here? to think about our actions yeah. a little bit. <laughs> like maybe, maybe we have bitten off more than we can. Ch- I died and came back to life, you guys. I mean, this family made, needs we, to go to therapy. We made like fucking five hundred dollars off PS ones, and then a submarine was chasing us. Mm-hmm. This is where Don Bell, the founder of Taco Bell and the center of American society as we know it, needs to come to Dom and say, "Listen, we told you to live, Moss." We did not mean- <laughs> We did not mean this. This is Tumas. I, Don Bell. Tumas, too furious. (laughs) Greatest American. God, yes. That's a tattoo. That's a tattoo. I'll get it if you get it. I'm in. Done, brother. Let's go. go. (laughs) Where do you want to get it? Let's see. Uh, Next week. Let's go. This is what we're going to do. We're going to paint some Warhammer models, and we'll go get this tattoo. Yeah, okay. At the same time. Ready to break. 
yeah brain done um yeah this is this is this is not by the way if there was one guy that we could just sort of put at the center of american society and enshrine in a single figure it would be the fictional man don bell that i just made up the founder of taco bell <laughs> but you know what you it sold it hard canon. enough i it was like canon. obviously the founder of taco bell is not named don bell you but i wanted to believe it so i went with it no, but I his mean, son who took over the company is, in fact, Don that's Bell. Right, that's right. That's Taco right. Bell was founded by Glenn Bell. <laughs> <laughs> the, like, the, I'm reading from Wiki right now. Glenn, really? Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Spencer was right. Spencer was right. <laughs> the thing I made up wasn't as dumb as reality. Glenn <laughs> never Bell. told a joke. Dude, yo, never. His, his parents, his parents were uh, Swedish and German from Iowa. Oh my God! <laughs> yes. This is the most and you know what he thought? You know what he read. thought? He thought all this corn and not a single taco in this place. <laughs> Fuck that! No more. This ends today. I will create the Taco Bell. No one, no one anywhere near me is living moss. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you all living so manos? <laughs>